always make this mistake. Like literally every single freaking episode of the Brian Oak Show, start with a song that I'm like, we should hear this whole freaking song because Wanda Jackson, Wanda Jackson was the early rockabilly wizard. She was the sorceress. Like I mean, like in nineteen, imagine 1958, right? Imagine 1965, right? Marsha Brady. Imagine oh, yeah. 1958 when everyone's just coming out of the post-war. Everything's amazing. <laughs> and then suddenly there were these dirty, weird rock and roll freaks everywhere. And occasionally, dare I say it, one or two of them were female. Turn this back up. Anyway, um, I work uh, in addition to being a morning radio guy and doing the Brian Oak Show podcast, which you're listening to right now, being recorded in the Smart Start MN Studios. Uh, I also work at a record store, and I- I've been trying to do better lately. I'm like, I don't have unlimited income. I don't have an unlimited supply of available, exhaustible resources. And then I came across this Wanda Jackson record, 1958, mono, in immaculate condition. And I know there are places where I could have gone. They'd be like, this is $375. I'd be like, <laughs> no, nah, I'm cool. But it was somewhat less than half that, and it was still too much to pay. And I bought it the day before yesterday because it's Wanda Jackson. Trivia. It- you ready for trivia? Always. What movie featured that song in 1989? Have a part in night. 19- in 1989. We didn't set this up. You can't just fuck with me like this. <laughs> yes, I can. Uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. 1989. Yes. It's not a Back to the Future song, right? No. Okay, hang on, hang on. Give me one second. Let's have a... Like, Peggy Sue got married? Oh, that's a good guess. I, I, I'm i trying to think Here's of Here's your era. hint. You'll get it as soon as I say this. Hit Here's me. your hint. Garpe. I didn't hear what you said. It sounded like you were expiring. Carpe diem. Carpe diem. How would I get it from that? Seize the day, boys. No, I know seize the day. I don't know what you're talking about. Make your lives extraordinary. I. It's from Dead Poets Society. I never saw it. You never saw Dead Poets Society? What I don't want to watch is oh. a movie where even though... Robin Williams is as brilliant as he can be. Someone still kills themselves. I didn't watch no, it. No, it was, it was I didn't want to watch it. Yeah, it was gut-wrenching. Yeah, no, but I mean like... So but that, also brilliant and that highly song influential. That in that movie. Yeah, it was because two of the guys are making a hi-fi and they, uh, they pick that up on a local radio station. When you say making a hi-fi, is that a euphemism? Or were they actually making a hi-fi <laughs> listening? They were actually of... making the real the real thing, yeah. All right. My yeah. name is Brian. His name is Sean. It's Brian Oak Show. What are we at? Episode 200 and 342? That seems about right. Okay. Somewhere in if that. If not, we'll adjust it later. Vague vicinity. <laughs> uh, my name is Brian. His name is Sean. And before we get to today's guests, who have a really cool event coming up just a couple doors down from where we are at the Smart Start MN studio in a couple of days, Smart Start MN jumped on board before this ever became a thing. And here we are, 340-some episodes later, and they're still with us because they love music. They like the energy. They believe in supporting this community, which is really the only only thing this podcast is about it's about the music and the life and the web of who we are here in the upper midwest it's not for everybody but you know what 
fuck off. And as soon as it gets cold and snowy, I'll be so glad they're gone. I mean, I, I can't, I cannot wait to tell you. But right now, we're in the sweet spot. When I left the house this morning at 4.30 a.m., it was 52 degrees. Nice. And right now, it's like, what, 68 degrees? Yeah, yeah not bad. This is kind of my sweet spot right here. But my point was, Smart Start MN, Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. What does that mean? Well, they've got access to equipment that is going to get you back in your car sooner rather than later if you drank and then drove. First of all, super stupid idea. It's so weird to me that still, years later, we are promoting a person or a group or an organization that I hope you'll never call. Don't drink and drive, you fucking dummy. <laughs> that being said, people still continue to do it, and no one's going to help you more than our friends at Smart Start MN. Yeah, I might be a little premature, but I've already, this is the way my brain works, Brian, which I know is a scary place to visit. I don't want to go there. Imagine it's October 31st, maybe even November 1st. Go on. How many mug shots are there going to be? <laughs> Of drunken Barbie and Ken's. After Halloween. That's what I mean. You're going to get, Smart Start's going to be mean, like, just okay, let me see the makeup. Let like, me see the mugshot. How are we doing? Like, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can't defend you. We can't say you weren't drunk, but we can get you back into your vehicle sooner than you otherwise might expect and for less money. Smart Start actually does a really good job. They do. They'll save you some extra cash if you go to uh, smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show. <laughs> That'll get you 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock. I love how you tied Halloween into it because I almost started Halloween today and I'm like, no, we got other guests. We're going to do other. I promise you, once October 1st rolls around, this show is nothing but spooky shit. So get yourself ready. In the meantime, though, I do want to thank our latest sign on, Scott McKay, the mortgage guy at Edge Home Finance. Why would you need someone like that? Well, my friend Sean is a realtor, but once you agree to buy a house or sell a house, that's actually kind of like as hard as it is to decide I'm leaving this place I loved or I'm going to this new place that I think I love. There are actual real practical applications like finance that you have to address. And Scott McKay is your guy. Yeah. And it's it's not all just about rate. Everybody thinks, oh, the rate, the interest rates, the interest rates. There's all kinds of packages, including uh, first time homebuyer uh, programs as well, which Scott's actually helping uh, friends of mine out with right now. Uh, his NLMS number is 332068. We're required to say that legally. That's why I'm saying that. But he'll put together packages for you depending on your particular situation. And uh, in some cases, uh, one of these people is mostly a cash. They make most of their income on cash. So depending on how people like to report to the IRS, it might be a little different with your credit and everything else going into yeah. a loan. But get a hold of uh, Scott McKay, 612-875-4338, 612-875-4338. He works well in advance, by the way. So even if you're looking at next spring, it's great to be pre-qualified early and kind of know where you stand, or at least know what do I need to save to get myself into shape going uh, forward. Well, it's kind of the same thing with you. Like as a, as a realtor, you have to go in months ahead of time and be like, that's got to change. This has oh, to yeah. go. This has. Yep. Same thing with your mortgage guy. Get your bits into place as, as far in advance as you feel comfortable with because then it'll still be a pain in the fucking ass. I swear <laughs> to God. When you sit down to do your papers and the filing, you'll be like, this is Monopoly money. What, what do you mean $800,000? Like, I don't I, But it, it's the way the game works. And so the sooner you are out in front of it, the better, you're, better, better you will understand. 
understand, and the more prepared you'll be to go forward. Absolutely. Get a hold of Scott right away and make a plan. 612 and 875-4338. You thought I was going to screw it up, didn't you? I thought you might leave off the last digit. I'm tired today. Anyway, um, (laughs) up next, we have a band that is going to be doing a very, very cool event coming up in the very, very near future. And a couple of guys I'm very much looking forward to talking to. But before we get there, we always play a song first. And this one, I went out on Monday night. I don't go out on school nights because I am an old man. And it hurts my feelings and my body and my mentality when I have to get up at 4 a.m. the next day. But I love this artist so much i did it fucking anyway and it was absolutely (laughs) worth it janelle monet has had one of the most interesting careers in the last 10 years she is an r&b pop soul queen but she also is not afraid to challenge certain societal norms and in fact sometimes she punches them right in the fucking teeth and i <laughs> i am a huge fan of Janelle Monet so when i found out there might be a possibility of getting tickets to go see her at the armory this last monday i'm like oh fuck yeah let i mean let's at least see it and if it sucks i'll leave early and if it it didn't suck i was there way way too late she is everything i thought she would be in more the audience was on fire she is brilliant, and I think that I, I mean, I own every record she ever put out, and I'm a gigantic fan. It's just nice to go and finally see someone live you've never seen before and have all of your opinions validated. She's brilliant. And from her latest release, also the name of her current tour, The Age of Pleasure, and if you're afraid of sexy times, you should not listen to that record, and you should <laughs> not go see her show. But if you're okay with the average idea of sexy times among, you know, <clears throat> consenting adults... You should totally go check it out. And here's a great song off her latest record and one of my favorites of the night I saw on Monday, My Champagne Shit, Janelle Monet on The Brian Oak Show. Them dimples on her back, and I'm on my shrimp. 
Whoa. I, that's okay. Whatever. I like Boy, rock and roll. A I like hard drop right there. Well, what are you going to do? Uh, going to see her live this past Monday at the Armory um, was enthralling and illuminating because I went in with high expectations. I love Janelle Monet. No, she's a great singer. No, she's a great performer. No, she's a great writer. No, she's a great rapper. And when every one of those expectations was blown out of the water, she was at maybe the best live show I've seen in the last two years. Really? I, That's I, dude, something. and I go out to see some stuff. Yeah. But Janelle Monet, man, and so I thought, I'm like, on a whim, I'm like, I'll bet she's amazing live. And turns out, pay dividends because that was an incredible show. Now, I'll be honest, yesterday, the uh, day before yesterday, Tuesday, I was in kind of a rough spot. Three hours of sleep, it turns oh, out, for yeah. a man of my age. Yeah. Not anywhere, anywhere, anywhere near enough. Let's go ahead and meet today's guest, shall we, Sean? What do you think? I think we should. All right. Well, there's a band called the Silver Teens, and you might think to yourself, you know, unless you're really in the know, you're like, who the fuck are the Silver Teens? <laughs> Let's find out. Uh, Tell me your name. Uh, I'm Terry Isaac- Isaacson. Hi, Terry. I'm Mark Angerbritson. Mark Angerbritson and Terry Isaacson. So let me follow up my first question with the second question. Who the fuck are the Silver Teens? <laughs> Good Hit question. Me. Hit me. Mark, Hey, I Well, believe- we've been around uh, about 11 years, and uh, uh, it, it formed, I don't know how, how it formed exactly, but me and Jerry Johnson are the two remaining uh, original members of the band. Uh, Jerry's a drummer, and... Uh, I guess we just decided to put together a band. I had a practice space in my basement because I bought a bunch of instruments for my daughter, who's a, a real musician. No. And, uh, wow. and uh, I mean, not say anything bad about the rest of the band. I'm talking about myself. But, sure. Uh, sure. Anyway, so uh, we've evolved over time. We kind of started out as a kind of a garage 60s kind of punk, late 70s band. And we evolved. We added... Uh, uh, a, a different bass player when our bass player left, and then uh, when our uh, um, we're actually on our third guitar player, Terry Isaacson, who's I mean, you're, every, just, you're mowing through them, yeah. mowing through them, <laughs> wears them out. Yep. We've really exactly. refined our sound, I think, with Terry. He's such a great musician, and uh, you know, he's he's been in so many bands around, and is in so many bands around town. Mark, let me ask you this then: Why? Like, so at some point. Things obviously were kind of mellowing out. You, we all move on to different points in life. Why was it still important for you to keep the Silver Teens a thing? Like, why, why still bother? Oh yeah, because um, it's fun. <laughs> you know, it's like good I was in. Yeah, good that's answer. it. <laughs> that, that's more than a good enough yeah. answer. I just everyone has their own way forward, right? Everyone right. has the thing they're trying to do. But again, we all come from different places of motivation, like because I hate my life at home or whatever the case may be. And you're like, no, this is just cool. And you still enjoy it. You still like, like when you're like, oh, fuck, we got a big gig coming up. <laughs> and like, it, it's not a drag. It's cool. I think the funnest thing I've ever done in life is being on stage. And really? uh, I was in a band, uh, two bands back from it was late 70s and then into the early 80s. Name pre- them both right now. Yeah, Otherwise, the, we're not talking okay. anymore. The MORs, who were, we practiced three times a week and were really bad. But then we got a little bit older. I'm glad you were bad because that's a terrible name. What did the MOR stand well, for? Well, you should know, middle of the road. Ouch. Oh, wow. 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 But you know what I do like? I do like it when people are intelligent enough to clap back like, 
You should fucking know. <laughs> right, what was the name? Common <laughs> man would love that. You know, actually, you know what? To the seriously. Best, the best of the oh, dark, but also true. <laughs> what was the name of the second band? Uh, the whole lot of loves, which was basically oh, like the same yeah, lineup. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we and so we first band actually did play a few times at Jay's Longhorn. Yeah, uh, the second band we were we played a lot at the Seventh Street Entry, and we were able to open up some national acts as well. Uh, we were around from around 1981 through 1986. We actually had a star for a while on First Avenue. And when they took it down the last time to repaint it and put the stars back on, they said they were not going to put everybody back up because they needed room for emerging artists. Who did they cover you with? I can't remember. <laughs> That's a good question. Yes, you can. I can say no, this. You lay awake at night thinking about it. You're like, <laughs> you're like fuck Flora Star, whoever the fuck it is. Who covered your name? You know. I really don't know. I, really don't. Really? I do have a photo I do of uh, of this original star. I, can, I guess I could probably go and figure that Track out. That Maybe down. that's my next project is to figure that out. You know what? I, I like yeah. the fact that you don't bring enough vengeance in your heart to even remember who it is. I feel like that's the right way. We only need some white out and a Sharpie, and we'll make that change tonight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can literally leave after we're done here and yeah. go take care of that. Let's we go do it. Those guys won't be there yet. They don't even wake up till 8 p.m. <laughs> that's true. Terry... You growing up, where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Wilmer, about 100 miles west of the yep. city. Which is fabulous. So I'm a Minnesota boy for life as well. Uh-huh. And I like kind of all of it. Like, I'm a North Woods guy, uh-huh. but I'm not mad at Western Minnesota. I'm not <laughs> mad at Southern Minnesota, <laughs> no, man. Minnesota creates the individual, right? When is the first time in your life, Terry, that music mattered to you? Oh, that's a good question. Man, it's as long as I can remember. My brother uh, was a drummer I played with through the years, and we were playing on badminton rackets, and Paul was beating (laughs) on basketballs with mom's knitting needles along with... First album I think I remember was a Chipmunk Sing the Beatles album. Okay. In fact, nice. Curtis A. said, I know that album. I brought it up to him one time. He said, I've, I had that album. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. But yeah, Brother Paul and I were just miming along with the so, radio. So your since. older brother is playing drums, and even if he's not really playing drums, playing drums, Yeah, you got the bug. You got infected. Listening to the radio, listening Big to people's time. records. The Big first time. record where you're like, this is my fucking shit right here. What <laughs> yeah, do you think yeah. was the first record? Oh, man. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's, it doesn't mean it's the best record of all time, but oh, the yeah. first one that, grabbed that put that treble hook in the yeah. corner of your mouth and pulled you yeah. into the boat. Well, I'm actually, it's. I'm not ashamed to uh, to think of the early Don't albums. Be. I remember an early Animals album, Animal yeah, Tracks, nice. Holly's Greatest Hits. Mm. Um, Who would be ashamed of any of yeah, that? Those are both night. killer oh, records. That stuff, just, just like you say, it hooked me in and... Never let go. Yeah. 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 No, I. if I were to go to that, that that whole desert island bit, right, Like, which is corny because you're never going to a desert island and have a turntable and a handful of records <laughs> you want to have, but yeah. the whole premise of a of a desert island record, like creamed Israeli gears was there the first go. one I ever took uh, from my dad, uh. and I wasn't even a blues guy, but I'm like, this is dark and dangerous and bright and brilliant and wonderful, and I'm not sure I'm supposed to be listening to this uh-huh. on my own, which only made it all the sexier because that's the fun of rock and roll, right? There you go. Exactly. Oh. Oh. Brother Paul got Wheels of Fire cream album for his birthday. Amen. When I was about 12 and went, went from Monkeys, who I love. Agreed. But for, Agreed. But, uh, yeah, um, Buddy Vic tried to describe to his son about the change in the in late 60s and he put on Clarksville by the monkeys wow. and then right after he put on Purple Haze 
And he oh. said, imagine <laughs> it going from that to Man. that, like overnight, you know. And that Hendrix at one point opened up for the monkeys. It exactly. seemed on paper to the powers that be that this was a great idea. <laughs> Turns out it was a terrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> All he, the kids who were there to see the monkeys are like, the fuck is this yeah. monstrosity that he I'm flipped, watching? He flipped them off walking off the stage the ah, last ah, time. Ah. Flipped off all these kids. That's what I remember Oh, reading. rock and roll again. Be nice to kids. But yeah, also, yeah. Hendrix, I'm not mad at you for that yeah, choice. Before was, we go any further, I don't like to talk too long before hearing a song. And you have picked one here that it moves things forward a little bit. But it, not only was it, it, it maybe the emotional keystone of a particularly important movie from the 80s but also this band was good at everything they did why are we going to hear the plimsolls um i was a huge uh, fan of the nerves in fact one of the first songs mm-hmm. the mors learned was when you find out uh, by peter case and right terry uh before terry was in the band talked to me about perhaps uh, me coming up and doing billion miles away with the with the o's with Flame and O's. It never really happened, but shortly after uh, Terry joined the band, one night we just said, hey, let's try this out, and uh, it clicked, and uh, it's, it's one of our favorite covers to do.
So that was pure happenstance. I did not mean to pick a live version of that when I pulled up the song you requested, but it sounded fantastic. And I normally do not default to live music. That was tasty and delicious. I'm like, oh, should we start over? You're like, no, no, the live version's good. And you were correct, my good man. Thank I, you. I, Wow. I mean, Peter Case, when you when you think about the nerves and, you know, I mean, like for me, Blondie's Parallel Lines is in my top 10 albums of all time. And a huge part of that is the almost impossible treble hook of Hanging on the Telephone, which is a nerve song. And I like their version of it, but Blondie brought it to a different level. And so to know that that guy went on and did all these other things that mattered so much in an area where I was growing up, I was becoming a young man. And I was finding music, which turns out to have had a relatively <laughs> sizable impact on my life. Um, I fucking love Plimsolls and Everywhere All at Once is a masterpiece record. Like, that's not the only song on there. There are a million good songs on there. Your thoughts? I agree. Yeah. I'm a huge uh, Peter Case fan. And uh, we talked about the nerves. Obviously, he was in the nerves first with Paul Collins. I like Paul Collins quite yep. a bit. Uh, Jack Lee was the uh, third person, right? And, Correct. Uh, and he might even have been the guy who wrote Hanging on the Telephone. He, he was. Yeah. yeah. If you get a chance to talk to Johnny Ray, he was the guitar player in Flamingo. He spent a year in L.A. and he ended up in a band with Jack Lee. Jack Lee was going out with his sister-in-law oh. and convinced him to move out there. And so he's, wow. he's got great stories about Jack Lee and that whole scene, The Nerves. I feel like you're burying the lead. How do you go out with someone's sister-in-law? Because generally that means they're married. <laughs> uh, oh, let's see here. I'm not going TMZ on you here. <laughs> but I mean, like, that was a weird story to hear right it's, there. No, that, that, let's see. That's right. It was Sharon's sister, Johnny's wife's sister. Oh, Johnny's wife's out. sister. Yeah, Johnny's here. wife's Just, sister. You're yeah. like, oh, he oh, was going out with my sister-in-law. I'm like... Get somebody in trouble there. Yeah. Spicy. No, yeah. We'll talk more to Mark and Terry in a second. Before we go any further, it is the Brian Oak Show, episode 240. And I want to talk to my friend Sean Bernard, because here we are, the halcyon days of summer, right? Like, I played the boys of summer, both by the Ataris and Don Henley this morning, because... That's the kind of emo bitch I am. Uh, and I like both versions of that song. But summer is waning. It's not over, but it's waning. What does that mean for people like you who are in the realty business? Well, the crazy thing is, uh, in spite of what people may think with the interest rates and everything else, I'm as busy now as I was in the spring, in the late spring. Remember, we had a really late uh, winter, and it, it took forever. For Super the quick interruption, and I'm sorry to do this to you, but like, you must be even more tired of it. Like when, when my wife and I bought our very first house back in 98, 99, interest rates were somewhere in the 4, 5, 6% range. I can't remember. And we were like, is now the time to buy. And the woman who sold us this house or helped us buy the house, she's like, when I first started doing this in the 70s, the interest rate was close to 20%. And oh, yeah. Like, I know people that like, had like 18% interest She's like, rates. buy now. And I was like okay, I don't know anything about this shit. So, so interest rates, yes, they fluctuate a little. They're still historically low. Well, yeah, and the other thing is, is that a home is supposed to be a long-term investment. Wait, what? Yeah, believe it or not. And there used to be a time where people would actually do their own painting. They might even, you know, hammer a, a nail into a board from time to time back in the day. I'm not a pig you know? farmer, Sean. I'm not a peasant, <laughs> okay? I pay people to do those yeah. things. So if you're looking for a place, I mean... They're out there. Uh, 
there's probably not enough inventory at this point, even still, even with everything else that's going on. Right. So uh, it's been very busy. The other thing I was going to say is that life changes, right? So life changes, things happen, and that's why people move. It's their big life events uh, that happen. So yeah. happening to my friend's uh, parents right now, and they're I'm actually sitting down with them next week, and we're going to find them a place to live. They've lived in Apple Valley for almost 40 years, Wow! and they're going to move to one level living. So it should be cool. I just got out of one of my most stressful deals that had nothing to do with me. <laughs> but when you involve title people and mortgage Sean. people and HOAs, just trust me, you want people who actually care about you, and I care about people during the process. The other thing that I do is I donate a portion of every buy and sell to an area musician or band uh, I am going to donate to, forget the name of it, of course, but the, the brand new uh, band with Katie Vernon and Barb Brinstead. Oh, yeah. I just, I literally yeah. saw that this morning and I can't remember the name I'm going to donate to their new band because I love it that these three gals are in a band together. I said gals because I'm from 1958. It doesn't matter because you know what? Not one of them would be offended by you saying that. Everyone knows they're strong, independent, wildly talented women and watching these kinds of gals come together to create something new and create new sorcery i don't think they'd be mad and i, I that to me seems like a worthy destination of your hard-earned dollars yeah 612-859-2594 if you know of somebody who's looking to buy or sell mark and terry i'm going to ask a question and i want you to even though it's a podcast we have nothing but time i want you to think about silver teens all right you know obviously some of you have been with Silver Teens longer than others, but I want you to think, dig down deep in your heart, and in a very, very modest, relatively short sentence, let's start with you, Mark. What does Silver Teens mean? What does Silver Teens sound like? I know uh, I asked you an impossible question, <laughs> but that's why this is a test. What does it sound like, and what does it feel like? Uh, I think, uh, for me, it's I, I call it garage pop. Uh, I think we evolved off a to little, a great start. Yeah, we, I think we were a little bit more uh, uh, punky back in our early days. Yeah, but I, and I, when when were the early days? Uh, 2012, when we first got started. It's uh, I've been in this band longer than I was ever in the whole lot of loves or the MORs combined. Right, and we can't quit because we all get along so well. <laughs> there's something about that, right? Like, I mean, there's something about finding people. You're like. And I'll bet, and I'm gonna, I, I, I'm gonna, I, I would bet money on this. What I'm about to say, there are times where I love hanging out with Sean. Yeah. I love doing the podcast, but I'm like, oh, I don't want to go do another fucking podcast. <laughs> but then, and you're probably the same way with rehearsal or a gig. You're like, ah, oh, fuck, I already, my life is busy. And then you get there, and you're around good people, and you're creating good work, and it changes everything. It changes the very nature of how your lizard brain works, right? Yeah, it actually happened this week. Where <laughs> it's like. I had to work mm. all day. I had to uh, go to like seven at night, and that's when we were supposed to practice. And I yeah. get there, told everybody I'd be there about seven fifteen. But can we just, you know, make it really short? Just go we through just the set, whining. start it, sure, and finish whining. it. I got to get up early tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> then I get there, it's like, well, can we do a few more? It's yeah. like, yeah, I feel really good now that I'm here. Rock therapy can't beat it. <laughs> well, I mean, but again, it's not just rock therapy because not everyone out there gets to rock. I feel like it's work therapy or life therapy oh. or family therapy or, in my case, radio therapy. Or for Sean, there are days where I know you dread doing what you're going to do, Sean. Mm -hmm. And then there are days where you meet people where you're like, this is why I do what I do. Same thing yeah. happens to be on the radio. Same thing happens to people who have to go sit at their nursing station for the next 18 hours and do a fucking double. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 
there is joy out there. And despite your dread, you gotta you gotta stay open to it. Otherwise, there's no point in going on. Speaking of going on, Terry, what does silver chains mean to you? What does teens mean to me? Well, first of all, I wanted to mention that the the band you mentioned with Katie and Barb, I played with both those guys. They're they're <laughs> yeah. great and they're but, brilliant, yeah, right? Yeah, and absolutely. We love them both. They're I can't fantastic. wait to hear them. Yeah. Uh, Jenny Case from Flame and O's is in that band. That's also, right. And I believe I'm so sorry, Jenny. I, I did forgot not that. Know yeah. That. yeah, I think yeah. she might be playing guitar in that band, but I'm not sure. She's a great guitar player. Also, Go on. anyway, so that so that's that. What does silver teens mean to me? And again, well, you don't have to go like super philosophical. Yeah. I'm not looking for the old man in the sea by oh, Hemingway. Exactly. But I mean, you wouldn't keep doing it after how long you've done it if it didn't matter to you. Very true. Very true. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And yeah, I I used to not say no to anything. Um, just to get busy, and Go now, on. Now, I'm a, now I'm a little hang on, more... Hang on, hang on. I wish we had a button bar. <laughs> I used to not say no to anything Uh-oh. just so I could get busy. <laughs> I, would lo- I would love to use that soundbite, <laughs> oh, but Arsenio I, Hall. I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> sorry that I interrupted you. <laughs> yeah. Will you please continue? I, I but will, that was just that was too sexy not to mention. I will not be running for public office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, so I'm a little more choosy now, and I was. I wasn't looking, but I kind of wanted to be in a guitar-based drums band because I, uh, I spent a lot of time years ago doing that, and it's good for your playing when you're the only guy, as much as I enjoy playing with bands with other guitar players. And um, also, the music they played was, um, it was a, uh, uh, I wanted to get edumacated about garage, melodic garage pop. That's Jethro Bodine, by the way, from... Beverly Hillbillies, Edumacated, <laughs> nice, right? Nice. I remember. Edumacated. <laughs> I mean, come on. There you go. So it has been great. I'd heard of the Plim Souls. I'd heard the names of some of these other bands they were covering, but uh, it was great diving in to it. And uh, like a friend of mine said, who after she met all three of the guys, she said, you're not going to have any trouble at all with these guys. They're great guys. I, I don't think we've locked horns about anything too much yet, but uh-oh. No, I'm gonna jinx yeah, I, it there, I was going to say, now's not the time, <laughs> yes, man. Yes, indeed. We, I mean, we really haven't. Even it's, though it's, literally every every other room in this entire building <laughs> that we have, the Smart Start MN Studio, is, is, is for therapy or medical <laughs> administration. We're not doing that here today. So <laughs> I just, I just want to hear that everything's going fine. Yeah, there we go. Before we get into our next song, um, we are two doors south on Chicago Avenue in South Minneapolis. We love this neighborhood. We yep. love this town. And we have found this place. It's modest, but it's our tree fort. And we're very, very happy in the Smart Start MN studio. We are two doors south, just below, just south of Creekside. And just on the other side of that north side is the Parkway Theater. And the Parkway Theater, you know, I'm so happy for the direction they've gone in the last year, year yes. and a half or so. For a while, it looked like they might not make it. And now they seem to have struck this great balance between music and cinema and community. And they seem to be doing really, really well. And I'm very excited. Can you tell me about the upcoming event that's going to be happening? Because you, as the Silver Teens, will be kicking off one of the most beloved 80s films of all time. Please let me know more. Sure. So it is uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and quite often, as people who follow the Parkway know, 
they'll have a band open up for a movie. And we were actually... Which is genius, by the is. way. I yes. wish that happened in every yes. movie I saw. <laughs> we were actually hoping it would be Valley Girl, so we could do A Million Miles Away. Oh, yeah. And, uh, oh, my now. God. But, uh, but then Jake Rude's going to be up there talking for 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. Don't get me wrong. Jake and I are old friends, and we, we get along quite well. But if it was Valley Girl, he would start camping in a tent two days before oh, it gosh. actually opened. Uh, so, yeah, it is Wednesday the... Tw- yeah, Wednesday. Yep, yeah. Wednesday, September twentieth. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go on at seven o'clock. We'll play for forty-five minutes, and we'll clear our stuff off as quickly as we can. And the movie will start about eight o'clock, eight o five. But I think anybody who's heading to see Ferris Bueller's Day Off at Parkway is going to appreciate some proper pop rock music before we get started. Like. Th- what I like about this is, like, let's make an evening out of it, right? Yes. Like, it, it's not fucking mime, okay? It's a rock band, all right? And then we're going to settle in and watch a movie. And even if they don't know you, I feel like your style of music is going to accentuate and mate with this kind of a, a cinematic experience properly. That makes sense to me. And I think that's what I was getting at before when I was asking about what do Silver Teens mean? Like, I mean, there's a there's a vibe. There's an aesthetic. And it, it's not necessarily locked in the 80s, but it is about joy. It is about fun. It's about having a little rock and roll good time. And then, even though, what's his name who plays Ferris Bueller? Oh, God. Matthew Broderick. Thank you. Even though he's a bit of a cocky dick in that movie, (laughs) he's more charming than he's not charming. And that's the nature of it, right? Like, it's not a perfect movie, but it's a pretty good movie. And people are going to be quoting it the entire time. And if you can get the audience sauced up just a little bit, we'll talk more in a moment. But first, we have to get to another song. What's the next song, my good Well, let's play one of your songs. I think we've been overdue in doing that. So uh, the song, Why Try? Tell us about it. Oh, it's actually uh, Marble Heart. Oh, Marble Heart. Sorry. sorry. Is the album Why Try? It uh, that's a mistake, but it, oh, why, okay. why try? Right. Why try mm-hmm. is a song on there, but uh, administrative it, error. Administrative error. We'll just <laughs> act like this didn't happen. So Marble Heart's <laughs> one of our originals, and it, it's a digital single release that's available on Bandcamp right now. Uh, we've got a vinyl LP that's going to be out in about two weeks. What? Yep. Are we going to talk about that on the other side? Let's hear the song first, but okay. then that's the first thing we talk about next. Wow, I, that's a big deal. Silver Teens, Marble Heart, The Brian Oak Show.
Okay. Okay, cool. Cool. I'm, I, you know, I am more convinced with every passing moment. The Silver Teens on the Brian Oak Show podcast. So we have Terry and we have Mark. And I want to know if it weren't the Silver Teens right now, you know, and I know that every once in a while, as we discussed before, it can seem like a pain in the ass, but then you get up there and you do it and you lug the gear in and you start playing. And you're like, Son of a bitch, this is everything. <laughs> if the Silver Teens weren't happening right now, and I'm not asking you to picture a bleak, dark, dystopian future, I'm just curious, Mark, what would your free time be consumed by if you weren't doing Silver Teens? Um, I'm, I might be trying to uh, work on another uh, documentary project. Uh, I did uh, produce, uh, direct uh, Jay's Longhorn uh, that oh, opened wow. in 2019, and actually we had a great partnership, or I had a great partnership with the Parkway Theater for that. We had yeah. several reunion shows from the bands that played back then, and uh, and then the premiere of the movie, and it, it played a few times. So I miss that era by this much, right? Yeah. I moved, When I finally moved to downtown Minneapolis, I'm like, Coon Rapids can go itself. And I moved. I had missed that era by that much. I was part of the First Avenue era. What inspired you? I mean, like, did you have any filmmaking background? Did you, Or were you just such a diehard fan that you're like, we have to make a, a historical marker? Yeah, kind of a hybrid. I mean, I I never made a film before. I had some experience uh, doing um, video work. I you know I produced a show at Public Access, and I'd done some uh, promotional videos for where I work at the University of Minnesota. But I had never tackled anything like that before. But it really was this. Uh, you know, I like I'd mentioned we had played there before. It was a turning point or a, a life changer for me, and I think for many many people. Uh, of that era for our entire city i mean yeah. like if you think about the mis- the musical history of minneapolis you can't tell that story without jay's longhorn right and so where where would people now if they're interested like well that sounds interesting i would like to see something like that that sounds beyond interesting like crucial if someone wanted to find like do you go through the minnesota historical society is it does it have its own online resting place where do people find your documentary sure it is uh, on the longhornfilm.com website you can order a dvd or a blu-ray but it's also on amazon prime and it's been there for several years that's great yeah i a blu-ray i'm not sure what that is it sounds like (laughs) right exactly it sounds like something that swims in the australian (laughs) reefs um terry let me ask you this prior to arriving where you are today in the silver teens i know you played music for a very long time can you give me the elevator speech version of who and how and where you played with? But first, the only way I want to hear this answer is if you tell me the name of the shittiest cover band you were ever in uh, in the first place. <laughs> oh, man. There were so many of those. Fine, fine. I just, okay, it yeah. doesn't even have to be the shittiest. I just want to hear the corniest. Because here's what I love is everyone who's gone on to make real music under their own name or under a band name or whatever, they always... You know, I mean, you have to kind of get your feet wet. You have to learn your chops. You, Absolutely. If you don't put the hours in, you are never going to get there. Unfortunately, when it comes to being a musician, putting the hours in means you spend some time in some shit bands. I have a guess. I have a guess because you and your brother, you played the badminton racket. Uh, and your brother 
tapped on the basketballs. I'm guessing it was shuttlecocks and basketballs was <laughs> wow. one of your first. <laughs> or just shuttlecocks. We, we missed it. There we go. There totally a punk band. A punk band called shuttlecocks. It could work. But it could also work for a classic rock band. That's true. That's true. That's true. We call ourselves shuttlecock. Oh, that's Opening up tonight is chicken water. We missed the opportunity for that band name. I didn't spend too much time on the badminton rackets. I cut out I cut out I cut out a cardboard guitar and nice. painted it green. I still nice. remember my How did that guitar. sound? Was it oh easy to string? God. Yeah, it just it just felt better. <laughs> yeah, stayed in yeah. tune. Yeah. No calluses. All right, fine. Nice. Let's, let's forget the first shitty cover band. Tell me who else you've played with over the years. Oh my gosh. Uh, uh, there were a lot of bands out of the Wilmer area. Um, I don't want to say this was a shitty band, but what came to mind as far as unique situations, Go on. I wanted to raise some money to get a Yamaha grand piano, and uh, I got an opportunity to play in this country band, and they played at, it's the biggest farm machinery expo in the country every year nice. in Grand Island, Nebraska. See, but there's something kind of great about that. Like, on, on paper, it sounds embarrassing, <laughs> but also it's an important part of the progress of your work. Well, wait, right? that was true. Terry in the back hose, That's right? Not <laughs> the back. Boy, Go I, on. I, need, I need a pen, guys. I gotta start writing we, we never You know, for the farm that, implement. In, <laughs> a way, in a way, yes. In <laughs> a way, it certainly was. The funny part about that gig was we played from 8 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon, a half hour on, and then an wow. hour off all day long. Oh, wow. And then we walked around between sets for an hour and sat on the big combines and stuff. <laughs> and checking out but, the old two-cycle, turn-of-the-century tractors. You, it's pretty Machinery Hill. Yeah, exactly. It was kind of impressive stuff, yeah. But at 8 a.m., we're blurry-eyed just waking up, and the woman who's singing is sitting on the laps of these the farmers and all the guys. It was just surreal. That's about it. Okay, so from your humble... Farm Combine beginnings. <laughs> Name a couple of the bands that people would know if they realized you played with uh, them. Let's see. Well, in the Longhorn era, era that you were talking about, I was barely 21 then, but I was playing in a band called Nip and Tuck then. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were a great band. They were a critic's darling band. And we recorded at Sound 80 and some stuff. In fact, the producer was uh, David Z and Steve Greenberg went on to do Funky Town. Wow. Nice. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, you're talking about a couple of genuine Minnesota A-listers right yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. And so you guys were the hot pick of the moment. Uh, we were on the cover of, was it Insider? Was that the magazine back then? Uh, you're and asking some the stuff, wrong uh, guy. Just before your just time, Just before probably. my time. Exactly. But yeah, yeah. So that, yeah, that was, uh, they were a bit older than me, but uh, that was a couple of years with them. And that's how I met, I met Curtis a. in that era and a bunch of and those And you played with people. Curtis a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. I played and who with, else? Uh, let's see, Curtis and the Jerks fate. Um, let's see. You, you mentioned Katie oh, Burnett. Yeah, yeah. I played on Katie's first album, and we did some things through the years. Actually, uh, yeah, I'm playing the ABBA tribute band with her. That's still going well. And I turned it over to Jenny Case from the yeah. O's, who I talked about earlier. Awesome. And uh, and they're doing great. They just played at the State Fair. They yeah. sure did. We just had Katie. On. I'm oh, an unapologetic did? fan. Of, oh, we've had her on quite a few times. But uh-huh. I'm, I'm an unapologetic fan of ABBA. And... So watching her love of it and matching my love of oh, it, yeah, um, yeah. every time she's on this show, we play at least one, maybe more than one oh, Abba song. Sure. I, it's not ironic to me. It's not like, oh, what a weird, fun thing to like. 
they might be the greatest pop band of all time. Like, but like gained, literally the greatest pop band of all time. Gained a total respect for them. I just like you say, I didn't know that much about them. I knew kind of it's, but I tell you, once you're working on those tunes and learned them, just try to get them out of your head. They're in your head. Not only earworms, but they're not super simple to play. No, like the number of people I've had come through Studio C at the radio station who are like, "I'm going to do a quick Beatles cover," and then they sit there and fuck with it for the next forty uh, minutes. They're like, "This is like doing Blackbird." Blackbird's uh, supposed to be an easy little number, right? Uh, and this woman, she was a talented musician. She's like, "I can't fucking get this. We're not going to play this song." I'm like, "So uh, same thing with Abba. I'm not saying that they are Mozart." Or Bach or Tchaikovsky, but they are as good as sophisticated, overpolished European pop ever got. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to back up from that. I am right with you there. Absolutely. Me too. Absolutely. It was kind of funny because um, I turned that gig over to Jenny Case from the O's yeah. and her husband. And before we met them, um, they, their basic cash cow was an amba band so they still had all the clothes oh they knew God. all the songs I, I told katie you got to get these people they'll slide right in man and dude a sparkly pantsuit <laughs> I, I, I don't i don't care if it was 50 <laughs> years ago it has not lost its appeal man there you go oh well, you shouldn't forget uh the flaming oats uh the yeah. o's yeah yeah did, did i not mention them you yeah, sure Flam- didn't okay you, no you jumped oh, sure. you jumped right ahead to and oh, nothing against an katie Verdon. i love her very much but um you know flaming o's had a little bit of an impact yeah yep we used to go see them at the longhorn when i was barely 21 we used to go make fun of them don't don't tell robert after yeah. all these years i'm I sure he'll never hear it. it's but only you, a podcast there's yeah, no exactly. way he'll ever find out <laughs> but you can imagine uh However many decades later I got in the band, it was 2005, I had to text my friends around the country who I used to go see them with and say, guess who I'm playing with now, you know? <laughs> we always used to go see them because that's where the ladies were, you know? But, uh, yeah. Was- well, and so you can make fun of them all you want, but it's hard to deny that you're showing up where the ladies exactly. are. Right? <laughs> exactly. I mean, like, exactly. This is the way the game works. Yeah. Mark and Terry, thank you very much. Give me the details on the gig coming up here shortly. One more time. I know it's Ferris Bueller. I know it's you. I know it's the, the Parkway. I always want to call it the Skyway. The Parkway, but it's coming up real quick, yeah? Wednesday, September, uh, September 20th, 7 p.m. We play uh, 8 o'clock is the movie. All right. Very good. Well, I think we're done. So then all I have to do is thank AudioQuip. Without them, we don't have actual real professional microphones in this room. We don't have this computer. We don't have all of the... I don't even know what you're standing behind. You're like you're like Chekhov on Star Trek. You're standing behind the con, and I don't, I don't know what you're doing over there, but I know that the podcast sounds good, and without our friends at AudioQuip, it doesn't happen. So find them online. There's a couple of AudioQuips out there, so look for the one with the little circular red A with the arrow. They're good at what they do, plus better, and, and, and Sean and I have made this a point from the beginning of this thing, which is almost hard to believe four years ago now mm. we don't work with dickheads it's just it's not it's never gonna happen fuck them um but we work with good people and nate and his crew at audio Quip are good people also good people smart start mn also good people scott mckay the mortgage mortgage guy did i say mortgage you did but you i'm know. like my four-year-old niece <laughs> cersei i'm cersei kool-aid kool-aid i'm cersei Where's the garbage? Anyway, um, <laughs> Scott McKay is the mortgage guy at Edge Home Finance. Get a hold of him, 612-875-4338. And my thanks to my friend, Sean Bernard. Thank you for everything, Sean. Thank you. That was fun.
Oh, I, I feel like I have only about 50 or 70 more questions, but unfortunately <laughs> our time right now has come to a close, but we can do this again sometime if you two are amenable. Oh, that'd be oh, great fun. Certainly. Thanks Silver, for having us, you guys. Yeah. Gladly. Silver Teens are going to be performing before Ferris Bueller's Day Off at the Parkway Theater next week. Details at Parkway, what do you think? Just go Google the Parkway Theater on Chicago and Minneapolis. That's probably in Chicago. Enough. Yeah, that'll probably All work All right, for fine. It's time to go. I'm getting a look from Sean like, can you stop? Do you know how to stop talking? And that's a fair question. Let's go ahead and wrap thing up. And here you've picked a, not a completely obscure band, but a band that a lot of people don't know about unless you ever spent any time shopping at a record store or like to dig into old school music or i mean you bring up peter case that lineage goes back even much further you're going to play the liars tell me about the liars and tell me why you chose this song what's well, another song that we cover and um it was i think it was probably the mid 80s it was produced and put out but it's really reminiscent of 60s garage rock which we're all about uh, or at least a big part of what we're about and uh just always love that band. Uh, um, I remember seeing them at First Avenue. I think the Mofos were opening. Really, the Mighty Mofos and uh, this big stage, and they just pushed everything together so compactly. They only used about a fourth of the stage, but that's really kind of cool. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about a Boston-based garage rock era band that managed to stay cool and interesting much longer than ninety-five percent of their compatriots. Probably, yeah, could be. All right, well, again, I, 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 my math isn't always perfect. I wasn't great at math growing up. <laughs> Maybe it was I just a one-car garage. That's why they were used to, like, you know, <laughs> practicing in a small Unbelievable. Space. Gentlemen, I wish you well both and have a great time at your Parkway gig. Here's music from Liars.
Oh, 